Rome FM. Like a lot of the stuff that we think about overlaps and our readings would overlap and experimental ideas and contributions would probably also, at least we would have shared inputs, right? So I think that would be quite an exciting thing that would happen in the future. Hello there. Welcome to Rome FM. Here we dive into the minds, workflows and machinations of the Rome cult, the believers of Rome research. My name is Norman Cella, and I am on a mission to deconstruct wisdom from all walks of life so we can understand each other better. In this episode, we'll be talking with Cherry's son, who is a second-year PhD student based in Auckland, New Zealand. She studies stem cell population from the human placenta and its potential role in babies that are born dangerously small. And the term for that is fetal growth restriction. As someone who is doing multiple experiments at the same time, Cherry has been finding ways to capture thoughts, record measurements and results, and to collect all of them in one graph and database for her to make all the connections. And Roma fits the bill. We talked about her origin story, how she went from pen and paper to Notion to Rome. Then we talked about her using Rome as a lab book, how she uses the tool during experiments and recording information to ensure that everything is on track, and predictions in using Rome for collaborative research, especially in her field and in academia in general. We went through quite a number of topics here, from recording specific notes with intent to her usage of journaling and what goes in Rome and what doesn't. So, if you are ready, let's dive into my chat with Cherry Sun. Miss Cherry Sun, welcome to Rome FM. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I've been thinking about this for a while now because um, I feel like Rome has totally taken over my life at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we haven't even started the conversation properly and you're already sharing uh, just how much of an impact uh, Rome has on what you're doing. And what you're doing is super interesting to me because it's a specific field of research that you're using to, uh, especially for your PhD. Uh, I would love to take a deep dive into that. But uh, before we start, I do want to ask Cherry uh, about the before times, before you found uh, Rome, what is your origin story and how did you stumble into this tool? So I think it was about a year and a half ago now that I was introduced to Notion. Mm. And that's when, before all of that, I tended to still rely on a traditional like paper journal to keep track of my life. And my main focus at that point was just to transition this to something digital, just because I knew that was going to have way more power. Um, and Notion started making sense to me, but there was like a, obviously people talk about the steep entry or steep learning curve, right? Like to set up your databases in a way that uh, this link to that and that link to this in the sense that things ran themselves and became more automated. It took a lot of input and I overcame all of that and Notion became quite good for me in that sense until I stumbled on Rome. yeah and that's when i realized that you didn't have to go to all that effort to build this kind of setup and that it could happen organically in the way that your thoughts formed like in that following the way that your thoughts formed so i guess my entry into these kinds of tools and thinking tools started from a i just wanted to organize my life sort of entry point like that was my first original goal And then it's obviously branched out into just 
thinking into these tools um my planning and thoughts and how how i how i decide on experiments and how i decide on things would also go into there and reading papers and what i understood from papers and the key results and data would also go into there so that everything now was a network that organically formed rather than me having to form those links myself mm. yeah okay that went for a while this is interesting cuz the transition from uh, you having to create the structure beforehand in Notion and then stumbling into the tool room and you're like, oh, you don't have to do that. And it will naturally grow um, step by step, creating the, I, I call it architecture, but network is also uh, you know the, a very good term to describe it. Um, mm-hmm. Was it difficult to try out Rome in the beginning when you were making tra- the transition from a structurally dependent tool like Notion and then you're getting a Rome account and there's like nothing but daily notes page. Was there a lot of difficulty like doing that? When I first opened it up, I was like, what is the point here? Because all of is bullet <laughs> points, right? So <laughs> I, I went, I typed for a little bit. And then I think when I did my first sort of um, followed, I think just the basic tutorial of the block references and sort of made those connections of how those linkages worked. And where that could expand to, I was like, oh man, I can do a lot with this because yeah, like I realized that those links were being made for me in the background and that, that, that kind of automation was really powerful. Yeah. So no, it wasn't hard. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't hard because when that started happening and the square bracket started flying, like it just organically all came together. The square bracket started flying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's a feeling that every Every Rome cult knows when <laughs> yeah. you type a, a lot of uh, a lot of notes or a lot of thoughts into Rome, and you just naturally your finger goes to the uh, the square bracket button just to turn it into a page. Actually, not not that I think about that. Ever since you've started using Rome, how has it changed the way that you write? Now I'm curious. Yeah, with Rome because of this block referencing system, right, and the fact that you can link anywhere. When I'm writing each bullet point. Even though I'm writing it like within this current page, it feels as if this block actually is everywhere and it could be anywhere in my entire database, right? Because of this backlinking system, so uh, block referencing system. I need it to be that when I think of keywords and when I think of something, when, when a thought reoccurs and I type it into this block referencing, that it will reoccur. And so this is a lot of thinking about keywords and phrasing and mm. um, how, how to essentially make everything searchable as long as you understand the thought almost. Mm, okay. Just searchable. I think searchability. Yeah. That criteria is very interesting because I, when I started Rome, I didn't think of searchability as mm. a factor when making a page or a tag uh, or essentially the taxonomy of trying to create pages uh, in your network. So mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about that. If we dive into your workflow, uh, how, yeah. and I'm going to play like the, this person who's a first time Rome user, how do you make your notes searchable? Let's just start from there. Yeah. So um, let's say, for example, I, there are a lot of sort of numbers that you often use in the lab. Um, like reoccurring things, for example, the concentrations that you use to um, make up certain reagents at, or 
yeah, just like numbers that you often use that are standardized. And so I would make things like, oh, standard seating density for a six well plate. And by typing seating density six well plate, I would always just be able to embed that into an experiment or into a protocol or into my planning for an experiment. Mm. Um, so that's like one, uh, I guess, kind of way that I use that to make these facts always accessible. Also to do with my experiments, like different protocols and different steps, each block, again, because it's a block referencing and it can essentially exist anywhere in your database, I can pull those protocols out anytime that I want to as well. That's interesting because you, not only searchability, but the, I'm not sure if it's a word, the repeatability of a block, (laughs) since you have standardized numbers or at least like SOPs for specific experiments or for specific um shall we say, results or output that you want to achieve. And I Mm. I take it that you do like multiple experiments at the same time and you just let it, you know, you just measure it over time. Is that how it works? Um, Yeah. And so you'd be collecting data over time. So Mm. as I would be doing that, these things I would be entering into my daily notes page within my lab notes um, section. And then also Um, I talked about my active cultures page um, in the article, and that's where I have a running timeline or schedule for every cultural plate that I have growing in the incubator at that time. And so now in my linked references section for each daily notes page that comes up, I have this organically generated, right? Well, I did input, but quite easily because of my phrase express like um, expansions. So I can type a few characters and now I've got my whole schedule laid out. Um, yeah, so and because of that, I've now got this organically formed, semi-organically formed list of things that I should be looking at that day. And I can, at a glance, um, see kind of where all my cultures are at and just keep an eye on things really easily. It's taken a lot of just having to have these thoughts that clog up your brain when you could be thinking about more valuable things or like forming more valuable trains of thoughts. Yeah. than just keeping track. Yeah. Uh, Rome is a pretty good place to outsource a lot of the planning that involves, what's the word for it? Uh, just the standard procedures that just happen over time. You know that, mm-hmm. you know that this, you know that you have to do it, but it's not really a good use of your time when your time it should be used. You shouldn't have to occupy your, your yeah. brain, right? Yeah. Like um, if you can outsource it and someone can run it in the background for you while you're doing the higher level planning and optimization, you know, that's what Rome does. It feels like you're building your own lab assistant. It feels like it. Like you have your own like really assistant and, Instead of telling that person like, hey, you should, uh, can you plan the next seven days for me? Or at least tell me, what do I need to check uh, today? Instead that you have like, uh, I believe you use Phrase Express. Is that the name? Yeah, that's the program. That's the text expander. Uh, similar for our listeners, similar to Keyboard Maestro, uh, except that I believe this is also for Windows, which is fantastic. Uh, so I do have to check it out because I'm on Windows. Oh, okay, this is this is interesting because now that you not only keep track of the different experiments that you're running, you are also, to a certain extent, doing your project management, your tasks, and you are recording all of your data on the daily notes page, as opposed to trying to find the right page to put those measurements in or those results in. When you started doing that in your experiments or when you started implementing Rome into your, your research workflow, how has the results changed over time? 
And what I mean by that is now that you have Rome to help you with your work, uh, how has your work been like, how has your work changed as a result? I think I definitely spend less time planning on the next day's dry lab work. Like I can kind of flip open Rome and know exactly what I'm doing that day. Right. Mm. Um, so more of it is just spent on, yeah, I, I just don't have to spend as much time on this dry planning. <laughs> that's, that's the awesome thing. Um, but it also means that when I'm trying to report things to people, like when people ask me questions about, um, certain reagents, how I made certain things up, um, where certain things are in the lab. I've, if I know that I've recorded it in my room, I can really, really easily find it. Um, and it's down to these nitpicky details. Like, for example, I like calibrated some machines today. Yeah. And I recorded exactly what I calibrated them at, what was the problem with each one. And so the next time I need to know when it was calibrated, well, it's linked to my daily notes page. Um, and the details will be there as well. And I think the interesting thing is, um, I guess with the daily notes page, the date is the smallest sort of metadata tag that you need to apply to some of your thoughts for it to make sense in a context, like chronologically, that's kind of one axis in which you can define your thoughts in. Mm. And I think that's the smallest metadata tag almost that you need for it to organically generate. So you see how it makes sense as almost like a bullet journal replacement, right? Like there's a rolling log. So I guess for me, it's almost like I'm using it as this massive extended bullet journal slash experimental planner slash lab book, like this big bonky five <laughs> notebooks in one kind of thing. Do you tend to use bullet journals a lot? Like when you're writing things on paper? Um, yeah, I've been relying on bullet journaling as a system since like early high school. Mm. Um, can't seem to move away from it. And Rome like immediately made sense to me for that as well, because it was so easy to just go out to do. And command intern is done. Yeah, like it was just really easy to seamlessly transition into using it as all of those things. So when you started using Rome, did you stop writing bullet journals like on paper? Like was there yeah, a... Completely. Um, Completely. <laughs> okay. And it was awesome because that meant that <laughs> my writing time, like my actual paper and pen writing time in my journal was now just journaling for like mental health and well-being, just for like I wanted to write for enjoyment. Mm. And it didn't have to be this like um sort of shared space anymore between my tasks and daily concerns in the lab versus what I'm just wanting to write about that day. It's been great in that sense too. Why is that better for you? And uh, the reason why I'm asking this is because I notice that it's better for me as well uh, since outsourcing a lot of tasks and project management uh, to my room. And essentially that is the place where all the things that I'm trying to create to contribute to the world live in my room. But all the thoughts that I have for penning down, you know, potential worries, et cetera, et cetera, AKA the journaling goes on uh, pen and paper. Why do you think that it's important to have that kind of distinction? I would love to hear your take on this as someone who actually firsthand experienced that. <laughs> um, for me, it was a really relieving to have like a complete work life separation. Like I remember I used to even dislike having my bedroom and my study space in the same room. If I could be able to like have the conditions to separate that. So I think being able to just walk away and feel like this experience is fully for dedicated to 
this purpose, it felt really good to just, it was just cleansing um, to have those things separated. Um, and the fact that Rome was already doing the other side of things so much better, you know, it was like you, you, you had more time to just come and relax and write <laughs> about things that you cared about and with your pen and paper experience. Do you get worried about writing all your journaling on pen and paper and not seeing it get referenced like in a Rome system? I guess for me, I've not really thought that it was important. I didn't really want to track my like, these like war thoughts of my worries and stuff that I was writing in my journal using oh, okay. this like referencing system. Like I was, it's more for me to just like write and then put away, <laughs> like ah, okay, just okay. write it and put away. Um, and a lot of it is even just like, not even important things. It'll just be like daily ramblings that I want to write. It's just for an experience really. Um, yeah, so I haven't really applied that to Rome, no. So I take it it's like a combination of just being meditative, right? The ability to write yeah. manually onto pen and paper, whatever is on your mind, and you just dump it there and you just leave it, uh, set it and forget it. I think that's like a really, I think that's like one of the most effective methods for really calming someone down. Uh, and, and the theory for that, at least for me, is that by recording it on paper, you have imprinted a past version of yourself just a few seconds ago onto pen and paper. And now that you look at yourself, you look at these words in present time, you can dissociate your past self with your present self. And then you can look at yourself from a third person point of view. And then you can like review and think like, oh, this is who I was, or this is what I was writing about. I'm angry because of this. I'm sad because of this. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really- that was like yeah. Today I was having a conversation about how um, um, someone asked me, how would you feel if from now on every book that you read was written in that person's handwriting rather than printed in text? And I thought, oh, that would actually feel a little bit weird because it felt too personal, like I was reading somebody's journal all the time. Hmm. And so I think like handwriting does feel very personal to me. And so I don't think I would put journaling and such into like a digital format all the time. And so that's just a personal preference to me to separate those. And it's, I think a really just good practice to keep doing that too. Oh, that's interesting. I, I never thought about reading someone's handwriting is too personal to read it. Oh, okay. So if you, if you were to have a book in your hand, would you ever write notes on the side like marginalia or would that be too personal for you to like even consider having that written out uh, for the world to see so i would um, i would love taking margin notes and like yeah. journal articles that i'm reading um but they always have to go into rome <laughs> so before like i would really actually enjoy printing out the paper or having the paper in my ipad and writing out margin notes or underlining things directly on there but now that my margin notes, these supposed margin notes are going directly into Rome because I know that I'm going to want to have them recorded in there anyways. I'm, I've skipped this writing step now. Um, so I guess because of that low friction of moving your thoughts and these margin notes and ideas and ramblings into Rome and expanding on them and turning them into something concrete as you think along within these bullet points, right? So because of that, you don't really have to think as much um yeah about the whole note-taking process it, it really is a lot easier to 
integrate notes no matter what form it is, whether it's like margin notes for what you just captured from the internet, like a like a book or a journal article or something, and then just put it into Roam and then just see it grow over time and connect uh, with all these notes. So I'm actually curious, now that you've done a lot of that, is there anything that you've created as a result of working in Rome? I know that you're working, I know that you're measuring a lot of things in your experiments, but what about things that you uniquely created because you're using Rome? I feel like Rome is so like functional to me that I don't feel like I create really anything on it. I ah, guess. Okay. Yeah. Cause I guess I've got like a invoice management system now. Like I guess that's something I've created. So it's just with a simple like hashtag invoice. And so I can find anything. Right. And I write what, what it was for and how much it was. And it's just a simple, you know, a few seconds to input. And now I don't have to ever worry about losing the invoice. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like really little things. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm terribly creative with it. But okay. Yeah. So I guess the focus of Rome for your, for your case would be, just the the functionality of it in what you're doing, right? Yeah. Like it was there, there's no like, I'm assuming there's no like large project or large article or book or something or rather that you may be thinking of creating and then you can just link all the references together and then you might build it in the future. I just like the idea that every time I'm reading a paper and that I'm putting double brackets around key terms and ideas and um, even like key insights, right? That these things are always linking together and that when I come to... Um, sort of wanting to look at a particular node or wanting to write a review, wanting to write an article, wanting to, um, you know, look at some relationships between even certain proteins like that. These could be there because I've thought about them before and read them somewhere. And that one memory of something in that network of connections could bring this whole series of ideas back to me again. And that all the thinking that I do and recording that I do Essentially, I know that it won't be going to waste. Mm. At some point, I know I'm going to be needing this because it's all relevant to my research. Okay, I like that. I, I really like that. Like, it's. I feel like you already have a, an, a very sure intent every time mm. you put anything into Rome. Uh, I think that's. I think that distinction is very important because uh, there will be other Rome users who wouldn't use it with a specific intent. They would just take in. What's interesting to them? What's curious to them? A thought or a quote from somewhere. They don't know what they're going to use it for, but they believe that having it in Rome may lead it to it being surfaced up later in the future. But it looks like in your case, you're like, oh, okay. It's just perfectly for understanding what I'm interested in right now. And like that circle, yeah. that's truly yours. I like that. Because I think if I take a step back, it's like my life right now is basically very thesis-driven. And so mm. my Rome is very thesis-driven. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just to give an idea, actually, for uh, people listening, uh, what is your thesis on? If you could uh, give me a, a dumbed-down version <laughs> for myself to understand. <laughs> um, nutshell of my project is that I'm looking at a stem cell population from the human placenta. And we've seen that this stem cell population has changed um, functionalities in placentas where babies are born dangerously small um, and it's called fetal growth restriction. So I'm trying to look at the um, study, this stem cell population comparing between diseased placenta and normal placenta and seeing whether we can fix those placenta potentially using stem cell technology. So from what you've seen so far, can we fix that? Um, there's a lot of potential. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. It's a really exciting field right now in the um, placenta field. 
Why does that excite you? Um, I guess because stem cells are quite, there are a lot of tissues with well-characterized stem cell populations. And the placenta is one of those where there actually hasn't been done so far yet. And it's interesting because the placenta is actually probably one of the human tissues where we have probably the best access to. Um, if you think mm. about just being able to get them from every every baby that's born. And because of this amazing access, there's a huge potential for if we were able to harness these stem cells and understand them better of what we could apply that to. Yeah. So the placenta is really interesting, I guess, in the stem cell field in that way. Mm, okay. And uh, hopefully uh, with uh, this access to Rome, we can see some amazing results or uh, more on your thesis. As well as, uh, and I take it your uh, Rome Brain article as well, it really covers how you manage uh, your pursuit of trying to achieve this. Okay, exciting. Okay, this is pretty cool. I, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will be very interested in reading more up more about it. And coming out of left field, uh, I know that we were talking about this in uh, Twitter DMs, uh, that you, you were preparing a lot for this chat. And you said that uh, you made a page called uh, Square Bracket, Square Bracket, Rome Thoughts. So could you tell me uh, what goes into your square bracket, square bracket, Rome thoughts? Um, yeah, so this is where I've just been like, every time I'm having a Rome thought lately, I'm just chucking it on this page. And <laughs> I suddenly realized that Rome was actually <laughs> helped me sort of bring to life this project that I've been meaning to do since I was probably like, 10 or 11 I remember having this idea where I wanted to make an A4 poster for every subject that I was interested in and then I would put it on my wall and so now I have this like A4 poster summarizing key information on a topic and it would and I have similar topics sort of together so that I could think about them together and I never made it happen obviously because it's a lot of work yeah. and it was always just a thought, right? And I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if I could do this. Now that I'm using Rome and I'm using these square brackets to turn these key terms that I care about into pages, and these pages are accumulating, um, whether by me making these connections or just accidentally, even via, via the unlinked references, right? Yeah. Um, that they're accumulating all these key notes and things that I've stumbled upon and that, are, that were my thoughts rather than just random information coming off Wikipedia, right? Those are the thoughts that I put into Rome, that it was that project, but way better. It was like that project and like automated as well. So are you printing these uh, A4 posters out for uh, every subject you're interested in? Just or is it good, there's no need to. <laughs> no, there's no need to, okay. Yeah, because uh, I'm assuming like one dedicated page as something, I, I call it a resource base, right? If it's like one field that you're interested in, Everything goes in there from your linked references being an inbox for everything related to it to the actual content of the page itself being an organized version of your notes from like overview to specifics. Oh, I like that. I, I find it interesting that actually that you, you had this project since you were 11 for every subject you're, you're interested in. So wait, what, what are some maybe outside of stem cells and placentas? What, what are some of the subjects that you were interested in? Uh, I was... At first, it was just that I wanted to be well-versed in a lot of things. And I was just going to start from A to Z and just keep doing different topics, um, just so I knew a lot about the world. But then I guess the major ones that went up were things about sharks and snakes in the past. Why sharks and snakes? I don't know. Just when you're 10 and 11, I don't know. 
So wait, so you kept this, so you kept this habit up until now, or at least this uh, this project uh, running in your head up until now. I've so, always you- been thinking about it because I always thought it would be really useful at huh. first, just from like a oh, interest perspective. But then now that I have this targeted like placental stem cell field that I'm interested in and trying to um, move forward, and it's like a really yeah, like again thesis driven sort of process. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I actually do want to see these uh, A4 posters of yours uh, sometime soon. Oh, that'll be cool. Oh, okay. I, I, I should maybe we can do something. Like a lot of Rome users will probably benefit a lot just from having a page that is dedicated to learning a field. I'm not sure for what purpose. Maybe it's the the pursuit of intellectual activity by learning more and more about this one thing. You're like, oh, each and every point is, you know, it's a it's a little tinge of excitement, uh, and uh, I. And I think you would understand that a lot if you have like five to 10 different pages of 10 different things that you're just like, oh, snakes or oh, sharks. Oh, I guess one of the things that excites me and like makes me want to input things into Rome is that every time I put something, I'm like, my, my brain tells me like, oh, this might form a connection somewhere down the line. Mm. You know, like this could form a connection somewhere and that's, I could stumble upon it again. You know, that's, I think that's the, because there's always like this, initial inertia that you have to overcome to pick up your phone or pick up your thing and, and write, write down a thought, right? So think yep. that it's important enough for you to even um, start to record it. And I think the notion of thinking this could still have value and that it's there somewhere now for me to stumble upon in my own language, um, that it's worth doing it. I like that. Beautiful. Yeah. Having that constant, also constantly accessible which is another thing, another great feature of Rome, because as much as you want to make connections between notes on a specific field, uh, regardless of connecting it with, you know, past notes or, you know, past experiences that you've written down, uh, having that on your phone or on your laptop or on somewhere uh, all the time for you to refer to is uh, really, really useful. Uh, I, I find I use that a lot when I would um, be thinking about, you know, five different fields at the same time, and I would write notes on each one the ability to tag them to those specific fields is just very, very uh, useful. So with all of this, right, this ultra-complicated, non-organizational yet able to organize all your thoughts um, network thinking tool, since you're using it a lot in the lab, I'm actually curious about uh, whether or not you've tried to describe or pitch this tool, like pitch Rome, to your colleagues or others in the lab. So could I just ask, how would you describe Rome to someone who hasn't started using it yet? And maybe have you tried actually showing people uh, the amazingness that is Rome research? <laughs> so I think um, most of the people in my lab around me know that I'm using this tool now to run my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it tends to be on my screen all the time, so it's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> if I was to pitch it to somebody though, uh, it's like if you've if you've had the experience of having too many thoughts flying around at the same time, but under but feeling like they all have value, but not being able to consolidate enough of them before you lose them, then you need to use Rome. Mm. If I was to pitch it, um, I think at the at the highest level, though, that is what it does. Um, it removes, I guess, thought loss anxiety. Thought loss anxiety. 
yeah like um yeah what's uh what's what's your definition of thought loss anxiety i'm curious now i think i this happens a lot right especially because i'm running for example multiple experiments at a time so i have thoughts come up for these multiple experiments at the same time and often i almost feel like i can't even catch up with recording all of them and not even just recording all of them, the next most important step is then to consolidate each of them and turn them into something concrete that I can then act on, right? So I can turn it into my plan for that experiment. And that flow needs to happen in one place um, for it to be easy enough to happen. Having to do it in Notion before was just too hard. And so now that it, I can, now that in, my daily notes, I can just put these thoughts down and then sort of reference it in my experimental plan page, which I have set up with, um, or as I wrote about in the article as well, with EXP as the starting name of the page. And those are all my experimental planning pages. And I could just take thoughts that I had from the daily notes page and directly reference it in there. And I knew where it came from and I could go back to my thought process if I needed to. Um, so yeah, no, no thought loss anxiety in that sense. Yeah. I, I can empathize with that because that happens a lot to me as well. Um, I'm not sure if you're, when you're going about your day and you know, you have like 60,000 thoughts racing through your head, um, and the ability to capture that and to refer to it later, let's say in any other app is, it's great. You know, it's as long as you have those notes written down or like those words written down, it's fantastic. But to act on it, to process it, to review it, and to edit it for intention or editing with intention is, you know, that's like steps to, to step five. And we won't have the time and we won't have the, the ability to just relax, sit down, slow down, and then think about, okay, I just wrote this. What can I use it for? I, I get that a lot because even though I write as much as I can uh, with, uh, with any other app because I use Google Keep naturally just, to, just for quick capture, it yeah I, I i feel that uh anxiety a lot I, I feel like i haven't written enough and i think rome is like a really good it's it's a really good uh solution for that because it it forgives you for writing chaos at least that's yeah. how i look at it like i don't know it's it's yeah, fantastic like you, you really feel like you can start wherever and it can still turn into something as you go along yeah do you yeah. for for a lot of like personal notes or maybe things not really related to your experiments, do you tend to look back on your past notes and edit them a lot, or do you keep them just as they are and interpret it that way? Mm, I think I tend to, I do tend to go back and edit them a lot. So I would look at the linked references and sort of, if things were quite important to me and I thought they really made sense, I would drag them up. So I don't, make a specific attempt to curate the pages but for things that i really care about i will go in and do some ordering yeah oh okay okay so some level of organization oh okay okay yeah <laughs> i think and uh also another quick question uh because i and i think i would love to hear your take on this now that you're using rome research as a lab book what would a future lab book look like now that you have this tool with you, do you think that there's going to be, do you think that there's like, should be a little bit like a specific feature that Rome should have that maybe could accelerate your experimentation 
or uh, have you thought about like crazy ideas in your Rome thoughts that you want to see happen in Rome research? Um, so I think first of all, one cool direction that I think it would go in is like this lab book would become a lab group wide thing. Mm. So say all the students under my PI, my, my um, supervisor, we would all have access to this shared room um, space. And like a lot of the stuff that we think about overlaps and our readings would overlap um, and experimental ideas and contributions would probably also, at least we would have shared inputs. Right. So I think that would be quite an exciting thing that would happen in the future. <laughs> um, and in terms of, I guess, image management, so I present, okay. yeah so like I present a lot of images um and sort of comp comparisons between images and presenting figures so the ability to like you know how notion has galleries yeah yeah so something like that but less cumbersome to manipulate would be really less cool Less cumbersome to manipulate. Okay. All right. Rome Research Team, if you are listening to this, uh, image management, highly requested, especially mm -hmm. by members of academia and PhDs. I, I do agree. Uh, image management is is something that I would use a lot as well, namely because, because I still I still have a hybrid system when it comes to writing notes. I still use pen and paper a lot. And that's mainly because I have different modes of writing or different modes of articulation. Context switching is extremely important for me. So who I am when I'm writing is different from who I am when I type, which is the distinction is like really, really useful. I'm sure that you might feel something similar when you're writing like, you know, journaling on paper paper, and then typing in Rome. Having the uh, images thing would be really useful because a lot of people would, you know, upload scans of their their manual, like pen and paper, or they have diagrams maybe such as, you know, what you have to present to other people. Now I'm just curious, how would you pitch Rome to your supervisor? I think that'll be very interesting to like see as a situation. Yeah. Um, I guess I would pitch it as a set up once and run your lab forever kind of notebook, kind of lab book. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, set up once and automate forever. Who would own it? Because you know that you have shared graphs. Like at the moment, mm -hmm. we have shared graphs as a feature. And there's like multiple editors in one admin. Do you think that like, oh, the supervisor should be the main admin? Or is it best that since you know the tool best, you can mm -hmm. help with managing the knowledge graph and then other people contribute? Yeah, I guess the latter for now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would be, yeah, I guess it would be cool if you could just have your own separate one and they're still linked together somehow, right? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be really good. Because you kind of still want your, you kind of still want a thought, thought privacy, like to somehow separate that. Yeah. Yeah. If you had your personal thing in a separate graph or something. Yeah, it's definitely in the roadmap where you can, um, refer to, block like do block references across every single knowledge graph in Rome. So mm. maybe not, uh, maybe not have like a shared, experiment graph, but. Uh, from someone's graph, they can refer to, you know, blocks from yours. And then from there, you can, you know, uh, aggregate all the data together. I'm sure you can create something pretty interesting. Oh, I would yeah. love to see that. I would love to see like a, a, a research team, 
with their own graph, like their own Rome graph, and then just dive into it. Like I'd be, I'd be really fascinated. Like, <laughs> yeah, like what if you just like each had a shared like reading readings graphs, right? Like this is where all your readings notes go, and all of those were shared across the lab group, and then your um, results and data were all shared across the lab group. It could just be those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Would um, um I think I will also pair that with uh their own comments or discussions or margins. Because if you can, since you know that we're, it's based on daily notes, you can track essentially discussions. If people have their own dedicated block to like talk about a specific reference or talk about a specific reading. If say you're looking at one article and you're like, oh, okay, the supervisor said the following, da, 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 my comment, da, 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 da. and then from there, reply to somebody else. Oh, I, I think that'd be pretty okay. awesome. <laughs> like the ability to map that out on a graph will be uh, fantastic. And uh, also, Cherry, what does Rome mean to you? Uh, right now, it plays very much the part of my personal assistant, I would say. Or lab assistant, as you said before as well. Um, and I guess it means to me just a way to have more brain hygiene. What do you um, mean by that? The... Thoughts, the thoughts that are only important momentarily in your day can be stored for later, for, to still create value later. Like they don't continue to be valuable, they don't continue to be useful to you throughout the day. You just want to get it down and move on. Um, but you know that they're still there for you sometime later. Mm, okay. All yeah. right. Fantastic. Brain hygiene from those things sticking around, I guess. Yeah, jotting it down, keeping it for later. And with the power of Rome, uh, have it surface up when it becomes relevant while you're going about your days, uh, measuring and working on your experiments. Cherry, thank you so much. If we want to contact you for anything related to your workflow, your thesis, all about stem cells and uh you know, on, or on placentas, or really just on uh, how you do things, how do we contact you and uh, where can we find you? Um, pro probably just Twitter is best. My handle, I think, is <laughs> I don't know what it is at CherrySun six oh six. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm meaning to get more Twitter active. I actually only came onto Twitter because of Rome. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, I was never on Twitter before, and I realized that most of the power was in, of course, the Rome calls, and so I had to. <laughs> I had to be on Twitter and now I'm realizing there's also a lot of power in sort of academic Twitter as well. So yeah, meaning to be more active there. Wait, how is, how is academic Twitter? I've never really dabbled in it before. How is it different? Oh, it's very active. Um, people are oh, constantly okay. sharing papers and discussing and um, like forming collaborations. My supervisor said to me that quite a few of her collaborations were formed because of conversations over Twitter and, um, you know, stumbling on each other's work that way. So yeah, it's it's massively powerful for just networking and seeing what's going on in your fields. Oh, awesome! Okay, I yeah. should totally check them out. Yeah. Oh, let, <laughs> let me know like if there's any um any notable profiles uh around around your research that you know people can cool. follow specific profiles. Yeah, that would be great because yeah. we can just add them in to the public Rome graph. So for those listening, uh, all of everything that we talked about uh will be in the show notes, which is basically the Rome FM graph. And uh, I have to say, I apologize because I stopped writing the on-the-fly notes halfway through because it was just so fascinating listening to uh, how you work on your experiments. So, Cherry, uh, thank you so much. And I will see you on Twitter. 
Thanks you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast listening app. And for a full version of the show notes to this episode, you can check out the public Rome graph. The link to that will be in the description right below. For more updates, comments, feedback, and suggestions, you can reach out to me at RomeFM on Twitter. Keep roaming your thoughts, and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.